Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Soulful Connections with Sam Black. Here, you will find opportunities for healing, renewal, and insightful conversation. Sam is an international psychic medium, trainer, and wellness coach, and is your answer for filling the soul. Good afternoon and welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm your host, Sam Black, and I'm so excited to be joining today with my friend, Amy Zelmer. We're going to be talking to you all about traumatic brain injury, also known as concussions, and we're going to be talking all about some of the stigma, some of the research, and some of the realities and hopes. So we've got a great show lined up for you. And, you know, one of the things that I like to share with people is that brain injury is so much more common than what you would really think. I know growing up, um, you know, lots of hockey friends and things like that, that whole shake it off mentality from the sports field to even when I got my first concussion when I was 14 in an auto accident, you know, there's a big sense of just shake it off. And the word brain wasn't even really associated with the fact that it was a brain injury. So I love the shift that's coming, the awareness that's coming. And I can tell you that a huge catalyst behind some of the awareness happening in North America is really thanks to Amy, who's going to be on the show today. So she's definitely someone you're going to want to check out. You're going to want to follow and see all the amazing things that she's up to. Now, if you would like to call in, if you have a question or want to share your story quickly about brain injury and some of the solutions that you've found with dealing with TBI, then please feel free to give us a call. The number is 646-668-8878. And without further ado, Amy, welcome to Soulful Connections. Hi, Sam. Thanks so much for the wonderful introduction. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm excited to have you here. We haven't chatted in a little while. I know. It's probably been, gosh, a year maybe. It's been a while. It has. And you've been up to so much stuff. So I can't wait to share some of the different projects you have going on, some of the touring that you've got going on, um, because I know you've got some exciting events that you've been working on. But to get started, in case people haven't yet been acquainted with you, can you share a little bit about you and what got you involved with the world of awareness around traumatic brain injury? Sure. Yes. So February of 2014, I fell on the ice. I slipped on a patch of black ice walking down our driveway and I had my little Yorkie in my arm. So I did not break my fall with my arms. Um, I broke it with my head. Um, So I landed head first on the frozen asphalt and suffered a traumatic brain injury. And I had no idea (laughs) the journey I was starting. Um, You know, I was told right away I had a pretty severe concussion and I should be feeling better in six to eight weeks. And, you know, the moral of that story is uh, (laughs) that's not always the truth. (laughs) Um, So it took me a good two and a half to three years to start feeling better. Um, Part of that was I didn't get the right medical care for a very long time. Um, And, 
uh, that's sort of what started me on my mission of raising awareness uh, to help other survivors. I didn't want anyone else to have to struggle two and a half years to find the right providers. Um, So that is what started me on my quest. And it's just exploded as I started doing my awareness and advocacy work. I just started meeting so many people who um, have just become part of my life and helped me expand and explode the awareness work that I'm doing. So it's just, just been an amazing journey. Not, not at all the direction I thought my life would be going. Um, you know, I was self-employed as a professional photographer for 20 years. And when I had my accident, I couldn't remember how to change the settings on my camera. Uh, it was very, very frightening. Um, and, you know, now I'm incorporating photography with my advocacy work and it's, uh, it's just, it's very rewarding work. I love what it I'm doing. It definitely is. It definitely is. And that's really what brought you and I together because for those of you who don't know, I also um, received a traumatic brain injury a year before Amy. So February, 2013, I was hit by an impaired driver and I love that we can share our stories here because I really want you as listeners to understand that there's so many different ways that people do receive concussions and it's not all sports related. Um, No, not at all. And, you know, one great thing with what Amy does is she chats with folks all over the place. Um, So Amy, can you share with us a little bit about your books and about um, you're not invisible campaign and things like that, the different stories you're hearing on how people receive brain injuries in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have written two books sharing my journey. Um, first one's called life traumatic brain injury, finding the road back to normal. And they are a result of basically I wrote a blog post for my one year anniversary Um, I kind of wrote it as a screw you (laughs) to all the friends who had left me, um, you know, after about (laughs) a couple weeks, it was like, oh my God, it's, it's just a concussion. Get over it. Why, why are you still talking about this? You know, deal with it, get over it. It's just a concussion. And it was just like, I, I I mean, better ways to get attention. Did you hear that one too? Yeah. No. Well, I heard at least you don't have cancer that, you know, I did get that one too. Um, But I'm like, you know, meanwhile over here, I don't know how to use my microwave. I can't use my oven because I'll burn my house down. Um, You know, it was just, you know, people had absolutely no clue how I was struggling. Um, They saw that I was on social media and and trying to continue working because if you don't work, you don't pay your bills. Um, So they were like, she's just seeking attention. So I wrote this piece as a screw you. I mean, I didn't say that in it, but I wanted people to see what I've been dealing with. And one of my new friends that I'd made since brain injury she had suggested I submit it to the Huffington Post. And I was like, why? Um, and she's like, well, I just have a feeling. I just, I don't know. I just think you should. So she did all the work to figure out how to submit it. And she helped me get it submitted. And then I heard back in two hours, they wanted to run it. And I was like, wow, okay. I hope someone reads it. 
Well, in like the first couple of days, over 50,000 people read it and were reaching out to me and thanking me for writing it. Um, you know, I had put into words what they weren't able to, and they were sharing it with their friends and family. And I was like, whoa, okay, I'm on to something here. Um, so I started a Facebook group called Amy's TBI Tribe, which I believe you're a member of. And, sure and I started using that as a way to direct people, you know, hey, let's all go here and hang out and, you know, support each other. And I continued writing. I knew that was the direction I needed to go. And my group has grown to like 9,400 people. Um, I've written, gosh, I don't even know, probably 50 pieces on HuffPost and now Thrive Global. Um, And so my book is a result of those writings. Um, I compiled them into book form. Um, So both of my books, they're, 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 uh, um, oh gosh, what's the word? Sequel? Um, my first book and then my second book. And I also have an anthology. Um, oh, my God, I'm blanking. Surviving Brain Injury. <laughs> <laughs> Stories of Hope and Inspiration. Got to love a brain injury in live radio. Um, we're, we're laughing at the irony of this because this is our everyday life. <laughs> so the anthology, I believe, is 89 stories. Um, that other survivors and caregivers have written. And um, it's, you know, that was a huge undertaking to put that book together. But it's, you know, it was so rewarding for a lot of these people. It was the first time sharing their story publicly. Um, So I have the three books on Amazon. I have a podcast series of my own called Faces of TBI. Um, I just had, I believe, my 120th episode. Like, it's crazy. Like, time flies. Um, I have TBI TV on YouTube. Um, and I started the Not Invisible Awareness Campaign just this year. I started it. I kicked off in January. Um, so it is a two-year awareness campaign. I'm traveling the U.S. and hopefully into Canada as well. I'm photographing survivors and sharing their stories through imagery. Um, So it's an aggressive social media campaign. And so hopefully I'll get to photograph you one day, Sam. Um, I'm hoping so. I know. We need to really work on that and make it happen. Um, So I'm photographing the survivor, sharing on social media with their story. And the objective is to show, you know, brain injury is invisible, but we're not. And we might look fine. We can walk, we can talk, we might seem normal on the outside, um, but on the inside, we're really struggling with, you know, memory and cognitive and, you know, dizziness, balance issues, fatigue. Um, And so these images are shared with a brief glimpse of who they are, you know. Um, So, for instance, you know, meet Sam Black. Uh, She sustained her TBI in 2013 from a car accident, and then it shares something positive. So she is now, you know, the host of Soulful Connections or whatever it is, you know. Um, So that is the Not Invisible in a nutshell. Um, And I have done two legs. I went, I started um, the first leg I did Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, Virginia, and Maryland and Maine. 
Um, and then the second leg, I went west, and we hit Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and California. Um, so it's been really cool meeting so many amazing survivors and their and their caregivers, um, and just you know being able to help share their story because so many of these people want to share their stories, but they just don't know how or where to start and you know a lot of them aren't even on social media to even get it out that way so um the not invisible campaign is a really cool way to bring people together for a cause i am really excited about it as soon as i saw you were doing that i thought it was absolutely fantastic because that whole idea of being invisible has so many different layers when it comes to having a brain injury and i can honestly say i think Sustaining the brain injury and having so many people not understand, I think is the most Mm -hmm. invisible I've ever felt in my entire life. And so many people, you know, thinking I was either, you know, faking or you seem too happy to have something like that. Or um, why are you going out for lunch if you can't go to work? (laughs) Right. Right. Realizing the cost of going out for lunch. So, Let's say I'd go out with coworkers for lunch. First of all, I don't have a memory of those lunches. That's the one thing. Um, thank goodness for journaling because I would put, you know, two sentences down so I would know what I'd done during the day. Um, but the other thing was the recovery time. So in order for me to have gone out just as a coworker lunch, for example, let's say that was a one and a half hours. First of all, I wasn't driving myself because my license had been taken away. So my husband had to go with me, get a chaperone to go on a lunch date. And then after it would be hours and hours of sleep recovery because of the brain fatigue from trying to stay stimulated that whole time. And, you know, it's so interesting because we just don't think about those things. We think, oh, they look fine. Or how many times people would say, oh, everybody gets headaches. Are you sure it's just not what you're eating or not eating or, you know, things like that, but. It's, it's interesting. So I love that you're doing this because you're capturing the real essence of who people are and also celebrating that they're not their brain injury. They're actually a wonderful human being, soul person, you know, who did sustain a brain injury, but they're still so very much alive and should be celebrated. So thank you for starting that campaign. And I'm excited to at some point be a part of it. And um, I really think that you're making a big difference. Having that alone um, really raises awareness. And I think it's a great idea. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's a ton of work and um, you know, talking about the price of doing different things and um, you know, doing this awareness campaign, it's a ton. I drive everywhere um, because I just have way too much stuff I have to bring with to even um, consider flying. Plus I got my, my little Yorkie with me. Um, So I'm driving everywhere, which for me, driving is sort of a form of therapy. I absolutely love driving. This country is so amazingly beautiful. Um, But you know, it requires rest time. It requires time to recharge. Um, I always try to schedule a little like three day mini vacation during each leg because I have to have that downtime. I can't just be go, go, go. And, you know, listening to survivors, cause you know, everybody wants to talk to you and, and, you know, share their story with you. And it's, it's really, truly exhausting. 
to have to listen to somebody um, person after person tell you their story. And I really have to protect my energy levels. And, um, you know, sometimes I just have to tell people, I'm sorry, but I, you know, I need to go do this right now. Um, And, you know, it's, but I have to schedule those down days. I really have to, um, when I plan out a trip, I really can only spend, uh, you know, so many hours a day on the road each day. So it might take me longer to get places than it would take, you know, someone else driving. Um, but I love it. It's, it's so worth it to me. And when I get home, um, I take the next week off um, from anything important because I just don't have the bandwidth. And I notice I kind of go into a moody, funky, I don't want to call it depression. I'm not depressed, but I just I feel funky and moody. And um, I like, I don't even want to talk to people <laughs> for about five days after I get back from my trip. But that's all part of the overwhelm and the fatigue from um, dealing with the brain injury. And, you know, while people ask me, you know, well, how you know, how do you do this? How are you so able-bodied to be able to do this now? And, you know, I'm fortunate. I got really great, great care from Dr. Schmo. And, you know, for the most part, I am 80% recovered, but I still, you know, I still struggle with overwhelm, overstimulation, uh, neuro fatigue. Um, So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, but for me, it's worth paying the price, you know, just like, you know, you going out to lunch, it's worth paying that price to hang out with a friend for a day, even if you feel like crap for a few days afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you become very aware of the currency of your time and the currency of your energy and how important mm-hmm. that is. And, you know, then you're able, it's, it's interesting because I know prior to um, that, that particular concussion, because I've had a few, but this one really took its toll. Um, I, it wouldn't have occurred to me to think about how long am I going to be driving? It wouldn't have occurred to me, uh, like, of course I can fit in, you know, 10 hours of work, run the kids around and go out for lunch and, you know, go volunteer for a couple hours. Like it just was part of my every day. So then to go from that and only being conscious for originally two to four and then four to six hours, you really have to pick and choose what's really important to me and what's going to bring me the most happiness. And it, it is about conscious choice. And I know you mentioned people ask, like, how do you do this? And people have asked me as well, like, how, how are you doing so much coaching? How are you running a radio show? How are you teaching? And the truth is that these are the things that I love to do. So that's what I choose to do with my time. And I still do have to nap and I still do get headaches and I still do get brain fatigue and all of those things. But I just plan around them now. And I just like Amy's talking about with her travel, making sure she has the rest days. Those are the things that we do to incorporate our life, our, our wellness behind the scenes that, that the public doesn't really get to see. But it's so important that we talk about it because if you are listening and you have a brain injury, I want to share with you that you too can do the, some of the things that you love to do. It just might look a little different than it once did. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I have, I know people who aren't able to work. They're on um, disability and they maybe volunteer a few hours a week 
or, you know, maybe the brain injury association, whatever it is. And their family kind of is really mean to them. Well, if you're able to volunteer, you should be able to go full-time job. Mm-hmm. And, oh, no, it doesn't work that way. And, you know, if I have to call in because I can't go to my volunteer job, they're not going to fire me, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, they might, but, um, but, you know, if you have to call in to work three to five days a week, you're probably not going to keep your job. Um, it's just really so hard for outsiders to see it, it even really- Whatever. Sometimes can't can't quite grab it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so for you those of you listening, keep in mind Amy works for herself. That's how she makes it work. I also work for myself, so that's how I make it work. But I can tell you, I have to cancel appointments with clients sometimes and bump them to another date because I have headaches and things like that. And and I'm blessed to have such wonderful understanding clients that they're okay with it, most of them. Um but I do need to point out, if I were to go get a nine-to-five job, I'm not sure how long I would keep it because I do have to take days off because of headaches um, or brain fatigue or getting overwhelmed, like things like that, but just don't look the way that they once did. And so my previous life, I worked in child welfare, and I actually did lose my job and my pension and all of those things because of the brain injury, because between the memory and the inability to put in all of the hours consistently, it just wasn't a reality for me. However, I have a really full, beautiful life. It just looks really different now. So sometimes it's just about taking what you have and creating it into something new. So that's one of the things that I do with a lot of my clients is you know, that whole philosophy around broken crayons still color, right? How do you want to color your I wall love now? I love it. It's my favorite. And, you know, there's so many things that we can still do. And it takes understanding from those around supporting to understand that it just looks different now. It's not your typical, you know, um, nine to five kind of, kind of gig usually. You know, I actually had friend um a sit down with me and basically tried to have an intervention and told me you know that you know maybe it's time you look for a full-time job and I was just like what and she's like you're not making any money to do this advocacy work and I'm like well correct you know I really don't make much of an income um but I'm very fulfilled and as long as I'm making enough money to get by, you know, my rent paid, my bills are paid, I have internet, <laughs> um, I, you know, as long as I'm all taken care of, I'm okay with that. And you know, for her, she's the type of person that she has 25000 in the savings account and, you know, she's making sure that her 401k is getting mixed out for retirement. And that's her form of security. That's not necessarily mine anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm more care about helping other people and making sure people have resources. And like I said, as long as my bills can be paid, I can continue doing this work. And I mean, this is more than full time work. It's just, it looks different, like you said, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes the work might look like an hour in the morning. And then two hours in the afternoon, 
<laughs> and, you know, on the nights that you can't sleep, you do some then, you know. So that's the thing that I really want to share with people. You're often with brain injury, your sleep pattern changes. And so that's one of the things that, you know, prevent the whole nine to five kind of traditional J-O-B. However, if you're, if you're clarity, for me, my clarity time was between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m. Don't ask me why, but I would feel great. And I can remember Chris would be getting ready for bed because he had the kids on his own. And all of a sudden I'd be like, I'm here. <laughs> and, you know, meanwhile, I had been right out of it all day, but that would be my clear time when I was recovering. And so I started using that as my time to practice learning how to read again. And to, it was really interesting because I could write however, and I could write better than I could speak. However, reading and reading still is a bit of a challenge. I really have to take my time with it. Whereas before I could read, you know, three novels in two days easily. Um, So it's really interesting just kind of look at, okay, where am I now? And what, what do I want to put my energy into so that it can help me get where I'm going? And like Amy said, she loves advocacy work. It makes her feel fulfilled. So what makes you feel fulfilled? And that goes for everyone listening, whether you've had a brain injury or not, what makes you feel fulfilled and how can you bring more of that into your world and make it work for you? And, and that's really some magical stuff that I have to say, I have a lot of gratitude towards, you know, the, um, the event, I guess, and towards the guy that hit us because I have some really wonderful things in my life now that had I continued on the path I was on, I wouldn't have. I'd still be really overworked Mm -hmm. and unfulfilled. And and the people that I've met in the last six years, oh my goodness, I'm just so eternally grateful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, when I first fell, it was like, what the heck? Why is this happening to me? Um, but then, and it took me like a year to get to a space because I, I am very much a positive person. I believe in gratitude and abundance and manifesting what you want in your life. And I was just so broken. I was physically and mentally broken. And it took me a good year to get to the space where I could start being grateful for what had happened. Um, and then that's when the healing started. Right. Um, when I, when I, you know, had, when I had gratitude, that that's when I began to start healing and I wouldn't be doing, you know, I would still be doing my photography. I would probably, I was starting to get burnt out um, after 20 years it's that's a long time in in the field um I was starting to get burnt out and um you know I get to travel the country I get to see so much beauty and meet so many people um you know I wouldn't be doing I mean I'd be doing it but just a lot differently if if I were you know on my old path not the new path absolutely Uh, so I totally agree with you and you know I want to address a couple of things too because you quickly mentioned in there around the physical healing too and one thing that a lot of people don't think about is that often in addition to a brain injury people have have physical injuries Mm -hmm. as well so I know for me like you can imagine going head to toe I had this brain injury I had third degree whiplash 
both shoulders wrecked. One with an AC, both, um, both, I don't know, torn everything, rotator cuffs, I think they're called, bicep on one side, then lumbar, you know, and hip, and, you know, like, so that's a whole lot of stuff. And Amy, I imagine, um, you know, having a fall like you did, you likely had some physical injuries in addition to the brain Mm. injury as well. Yes. Yeah, I had, I had major whiplash. Uh, I had C4, 5 damage. So I now have bulging discs. Um, I dislocated my sternum. I had torn muscles throughout my neck, uh, clavicle area, uh, my, even my abdomen. Um, I didn't even know you could like strain your abdomen muscles like that. Um, I must've like rolled up into a ball or something when I fell. I don't know. I mean, you know, and it happened in a second, a mm-hmm. second. And I did that much damage to my body. And the one thing I want to add is when your body is healing a physical injury, who's healing it? It's your brain. Your brain is telling your body what to do. And so your brain is sending all its energy to try to heal those physical injuries. Therefore, it's not able to focus on healing itself yet. So, I mean, it took my physical injuries almost an entire year to get better. So it's no wonder I didn't start feeling any better. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. It's, 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 when when you're on the other side of it and you have such clarity, it's just like, wow, our bodies are so freaking amazing. They really are. It's, it is absolutely incredible what our bodies and minds can do. Like they are self-repairing mm-hmm. if we're in the mindset to accept it in. And I think that's where mm-hmm. that gratitude piece and having the healthy mindset really helps. And, and I like to mention that because during recovery with a brain injury, I've spoken with not nearly as many as you, but many people have um, suffered strokes and brain injury. And the mindset really plays a role because all of a sudden you're a person with pain. And pain doesn't always bring out the best in people. Yeah. And you feel misunderstood and you feel confused and, and you can imagine all of these different things that, that most people having just one of those, it it wouldn't lead to having the best day if you're experiencing one of those things, but imagine all of that simultaneously and not having an understanding and, and not having people who necessarily can support you because I know even a lot of the doctors that I worked with, they knew their specific little specialty, but they had no idea what all I was dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that chronic pain. So I eventually um, started being a psychotherapist or therapist, whatever they're called. Um, he really helped me understand the chronic pain component. And he's like, chronic pain is a vicious, ugly cycle. And I, I was doing everything without meds. I was doing everything as naturally as possible. At least I didn't have that added layer of potential addiction, uh-huh. uh, pain pills. Um, however, you know, he's pain is, you know, you might have a couple of good days and you start feeling good and you overdo it and you're knocked back down six steps, right? And he's like, it is so incredibly hard for people when they're in that cycle. And I mean, like I said, it took my body a good year to really 
feel better. And chronic pain is absolutely exhausting. And then you compound that with a brain injury. And it's just this incredible recipe, right? Like, um, it you do, it's just, it's, you can have such dark days and you have a short fuse because you're not feeling well. I mean, think about, pretend, you know, the worst hangover you've ever had in your life or the worst case of the flu. Now imagine trying to have to do everyday tasks and get through life every day feeling like that, not just for yeah. a week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know sometimes people will say, oh, you still get headaches? And there, we're six years out. I still always have a low-grade headache all the time. I've learned how to deal with it better. Mm-hmm. And I still have those concussion days. If the closest thing I can describe it to is like a migraine. Um, but it is a little different. And those days still come, not nearly as often as they used to, but they do still come. And it's interesting because now I kind of get excited when I get a cluster of them. Because, Amy, what I've found over the years is that when I get a whole bunch of them within a couple months, I have a big growth period after. So now I kind of call them my construction site headaches because I'm just imagining these little construction guys in my brain rewiring things and they're building the bridges to where, to where things got broken before. Because I know, especially between year four and five, I can remember I went to the clinic and I was just in tears and I was like, it's happening again. Like, I don't understand. I thought I was getting better and, and it's back again. And you know, the, the doctor at the clinic, he's like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm going to send you to a local neurologist. So I go to this local neurologist and he said, yep, you have a brain injury. <laughs> That's pretty much the only insight he gave me. And by the time I got into him, it was starting to ease off a little bit. And then I started noticing, hey, wait a minute, I'm up longer during the day before I need to lay down. Hey, wait a minute. I was just in a bright room without sunglasses and I made it through okay. I started to notice those little things. And so now, you know, it started probably last month, I started getting the headaches back again. And someone said to me, oh, that must be really awful. And I said, it's actually really exciting because I really believe it's my brain repairing itself. And, um, you know, so, so I'm excited to see what's coming back now. <laughs> so that this repair is happening, but it's interesting the way that you, you start to look at things differently and you really build partnership with your body and your brain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you noticed as well, those periods of repair and how mm-hmm. do they show up for you? <sighs> You know, I could tell, like, I would have more good days than bad. I remember there was a really specific incident. Um, I had to meet a woman at Starbucks. Um, She was considering um, doing some work with me. And I'm trying to remember if I was at a year or not. I can't quite remember. I don't think I was quite at a year. And we met for coffee. And I remember I got up, I got dressed, I put on makeup, which putting on makeup was a big deal because that takes an extra level of energy. Um, And I got my bag ready and I went and I sat at Starbucks waiting for her. And I remember sitting there feeling, thinking to myself, man, I almost feel like a normal person. 
Mm. And that was the first time I had had that thought. Um, that's why it sticks in my memory so much. And yeah. I mean, you know, I went home and took a nap and felt like crap the rest of the day. <laughs> but I had like moment of clarity in the morning. That was the first time I felt like a normal person again. Um, and, you know, as time evolved, I would have more of those moments. Um, and, you know, they, now I'm so far on the other side of it, I notice the bad days more than I notice the good days because I have more good days, right? But I remember yeah, I would very say the same much, for me too. Yeah, I remember very much on those really good days, though, being like, wow, I'm having a really good day, but I know I'm going to pay for it, you know, but, um, but savor it while it's here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's so funny how we remember those things. And, and like I was saying, that energy as a currency, you know, the makeup, is it really worth it today? <laughs> does it, does it mark in the line of priorities? Because, you know, I'm working with a four hour window here. Right. And so uh-huh. it's so interesting. And, and I want to rewind a little bit because you mentioned something really important earlier. And it kind of goes along with this whole idea around myths around brain injury. Now, you mentioned the whole piece around medication and you tried to do things as naturally as possible. And yeah. and I'll tell you myself as well. So I know that for a period of time, they had me on Toradol um, for the headaches. I know it's not traditionally a headache medication, but that's what they gave it to me. And possibly for a bit of the PTSD too, because I have no memory of this time frame. I just know from the notes. And I, I do remember the moment that I found the bottle and said, why the heck is there a bottle of Toradol with my name on it? <laughs> and wow. my husband said to me, well, that's for your headaches. I'm like, I'm not taking this. And he said, well, you, you're supposed to take it until we go back to the neurologist. I said, well, I'm not. Like, I'm not, I'm not taking this. I don't need this kind of medication. And I had a few different doctors, but it was the neurologist who had prescribed that. And I can't even begin to tell you how many doctors, whether it was, because there's, of course, insurance doctors in addition to your own, your own doctors, depending on how you've received your injury. Oh, sure. Yep. And... Uh, And the myth of, well, if you're really in that much pain, why aren't you on any pain meds? If you really have these kinds of headaches and we can give you pain, we can give you medication for it. So first of all, none of those medications cure brain injury Mm -hmm. or speed repair. That's the number one. Number two, none of those medications cure the dizziness, nor do they help with the repair of the dizziness or any of the other symptoms. They do mask or take an edge off a little bit, but a lot of them are addictive. And I, on many occasions said, and I said during the trial that I had to go through, which is a whole other story, um, I did say I already was dealing with a major brain injury, all kinds of different injuries, not being able to live my life, the last thing that I needed was to have some addiction issues on top of that. And that's all I was offered by the medical model was medications. Take some pills. And they were addictive medications. And so I'm so grateful that I was coming from a field where, you know, I worked with babies just born addicted to medications 
I, I knew the impact of these medications on the body and long-term addiction use and what that looked like. So that was not in my scope. But I do think about the people who don't have that background knowledge, who go to a doctor and believe that that doctor's there to help them. And so they take these medications and then they end up with addiction issues. And I have, you know, since then in my practice, worked with people on addictions, all coming from these medications that are, have been given to them that they thought we were going to help their injuries, not understanding that that's not really the purpose of what those medications do. At the same time, I want to highlight some people might need them and I'm not judging if you yeah. do or don't, but I know for me that wasn't part of my journey and I didn't, I didn't want to add to that. And so that was another thing that you and I have always had in common. We've looked for those natural solutions and I know that being able to, toss ideas back and forth between us over the years has been so helpful to me. Yeah. And I completely relate to everything you just said. The neuropsychologist met with me, you know, once and wanted to put me on Ritalin, antidepressant and sleeping pills. Yeah. All from one visit. And I looked at her and I said, well, how, how do you propose that this will actually help my brain injury. And she's like, Oh, I, I just think you're just depressed. And I looked at her and I was like, I don't want to take these. And she pushed really, really hard. She mm-hmm. got mad. And I said, no, thank you. And she's like, we'll come back in six months and we'll rediscuss. And I never went back. But like, I just remember leaving there going, how the heck does she think these things are going to help my brain injury? And, you know, so Ritalin, she, I was having a lot of attention problems, but I knew that that was because my cognitive system was broken. Yeah. I needed cognitive therapy or something to help fix that. I didn't need Ritalin. And then antidepressants, I wasn't depressed. I mean, I was mildly depressed, but I was depressed because I couldn't, I wasn't who I used to be. And, and you weren't getting regular sleep. So keep in mind, yes. sleeping a lot does not mean it's good sleep. And that's so, why she wanted to be on the sleeping pills. And uh, I just, I was just so pissed off. That was the moment I quit. I completely quit going to traditional yeah. doctors. And, you know, I mean, there are people who do need the medicines. Um, but for the vast majority of us, they're not going to help our brain injury. Mm-hmm. And I had a really good friend. She was on two different antidepressants and a, what's the other one? Adderall. She's on Adderall, yeah. the other version of Ritalin. And, and some other stuff for like blood pressure. I mean, she's like 30 years old. She's on all this well, stuff. And then you have to take the medications to address all the side effects from the medications. Yes, yes that's yeah. exactly. That's where I was going with that. And then... And then she was in a a car accident, so she had a similar, um, you know, you have to do things for the other insurance company and all this. And and her lawyer told her, you need to take this stuff. She's like, I don't want to. He's like, you have to, or they can say you're noncompliant and it'll hurt your case. And my heart just broke for her Mm because, I mean, it takes five, six years for a case to settle. And it finally settled, and she went off everything except the blood pressure medicine. And, oh, my God, Sam, 
her speech improved, her clarity improved. I can just tell looking at her, she doesn't look like a zombie anymore. I mean, it was profound when she went off those medicines. It really is. It really, Mm -hmm. really is. And, you know, while we're talking about this, because, I mean, we're on the same page, and I, and I, I think some of the listeners as well are on the same page as far as that wasn't helpful. But there are a lot of things that we can do that are helpful. So when people have a brain injury, you know, it's not a quick fix, but there are some solutions that are so helpful. So, Amy, can you share what are your top three modalities that you've participated in that have really made a big difference and how have they helped you? Well, so early on, um, for me, I, I immediately, I was already using essential oils. So I immediately like looked up what things could help like with brain fog and clarity and sleep. Um, so I really utilized, um, my essential oils. When I got to about 14 months, um, I sat down with my yoga instructor to find about five different things that I could actually physically do. Um, And I just did those five poses every day. And eventually I got more range of motion. I got more balance. Um, So yoga was a really big breakthrough for me. Um, I had cranial sacral therapy. And that is, um, mine was done by a PT and it's incredibly light touch on your skull, um, to try and help manipulate it back to where it should be. Um, cause I landed on my head, therefore my skull, <laughs> um, took a pretty big hit. So, um, that, that helped relieve, um, like the pressure inside my head or the brain fog, you know, yeah. everybody calls it something a little different. And then I eventually found um, Dr. Schmo and he practices functional neurology. Um, and that was my breakthrough. That was my turning point. Um, he was able to get my dizziness gone. He got rid of my headaches. I mean, I have like maybe one headache a month now versus at least one a week, if not more. Um, and he really helped get, Cause even at two and a half years, I still was struggling with the whiplash component. Um, okay. And so he really helped get that. Um, you know, like I said, I still have some bulging discs in my neck, which those can't ever, you know, those don't just go away, but we're able to keep them at bay. <laughs> you know, they don't flare up on me as much. Um, but that, that was the key turning point was finding him. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now you've also, done your online summits summits in partnership with them correct yeah so are those still available for replay um yeah so it's the brain health online summit.com is the website um and if you if you still register you'll still get like an automatic automated email um that will help you um get access to those um yeah and so every year we've been doing a summit and we highlight about 20 different people. Some are survivors and some are like alternative healthcare providers that are, that are working specifically with the TBI community. Yes. Amazing. It's amazing. So I really encourage everybody to check that out. So I'm going to add to the list. So first of all, talking about the essential oils. So Amy, you had mentioned ones that would help with the clarity and the brain fog. 
the way that I actually used the essential oils was to help with some of those down days when I was either feeling anxious or feeling a little blue. So the clary sage really helped with boosting my mood and um, not to, you know, promote brands because I, I think they all have their advantages, but there's a couple that I really liked from doTERRA. The one was the deep blue and that helped with some of the pain tension. Um, also peppermint oil, really helps with the headaches and there's one called cheer and I really love cheer for those days when I was just feeling a little bit blue but wanted to keep going along my day it's amazing the way that the brain interacts with different scents so I I want to also highlight those uses for the essential oils because that's such a great idea the next one is around the yoga um, I agree. Yoga really helped a lot. There's still some poses. Some days I can do them and some days I can't. And, and I just play with what, what works down dog, for example. Um, one of my favorite poses, but not one that I can, can do consistently depending on where I'm at with some brain fatigue and stuff. Craniosacral therapy. That's my number one go-to that I've recommended because I know Thanks to Facebook memories, Amy. I'm so grateful for Facebook memories. Um, I'm able to see posts and snippets that didn't make it into my journal. And the day that I went mm, to the yeah. sacral therapy, I think that I said that I was headache-free for half an hour and I was over the moon. And people were like, only half an hour? No, by that point, I had been three weeks with a constant migraine-type you know, concussion headache. That 30 minutes <laughs> reprieve was like heaven. And, you know, what was interesting is with the cranial sacral therapy, definitely helped with symptoms. But boy, did I need to take that day off. Like, no other appointments after. Um, and I often would have three appointments a day um, for about a year and a half, two years. And on those days, the craniosacral was always the last appointment scheduled and the rest of the day clear because I often, I'd go home right to bed and that was it for the day. Um, did you find that as well with the craniosacral? Um, yeah, I would, I mean, for me, mine was almost an hour away. And so I'd mm. have to drive there, get the session, drive home. Um, and at that point, my recovery, I was just so in general fatigued. I don't know if it actually made me more tired or not. Um, but I remember feeling really good after those appointments. Yeah. Like the brain fog just like it, it was the first thing anyone had done for me that made any difference. Yeah. Me as well. Me as well. And then finally, the piece that I want to talk a little bit about quickly, because um, Amy's right, the, the um, functional neurology, check it out. Although I didn't get to receive that service, the things that I'm hearing from clients and that I learned from Amy's summit, um, amazing, amazing, amazing. And I know if I ever go visit Amy, I'm going to try and get in to see Dr. Schmo, just yeah. check out to see if he's got any yeah, ideas for me. Um, but the one I do want to talk about is timeline therapy, because often when people do sustain a brain injury, there's also an element of trauma that's associated because you receive it through a trauma of some sort form. And so um, there's whether it's post-traumatic stress or, or just some trauma in general, timeline therapy was a game changer for me. And, and I want to say that 
when I was in the accident, it was on Highway 17, which is in northern Ontario. Um, and um, sorry, my cat's trying to get in on the show here. <laughs> um, and so I would see that Highway 17 sign and I would start not necessarily hyperventilating, but my breathing would definitely change. And because I didn't get to drive for the first couple of years, I had to trust somebody else. And that was really, really hard. So I'm going to fast forward last fall. I'm up in Northern Ontario, a different town, but Northern Ontario also at highway 17. And um, I cleared that post-traumatic stress around the accident and It's so funny because the day of the exam, we were just beat. And so I said to my friend, let's just go for dinner. We'll go back to the apartment and then, uh, you know, just get to bed. So we go for dinner. And I didn't start driving back to the apartment in Sudbury. I started driving back to North Bay. And she didn't say anything to me. She, she She knows me pretty well. And finally I went, I saw the 17th sign. I went, Oh my gosh, I'm so silly. I'm driving to my old home. (laughs) Hang on, let me just turn around and we'll go back. And it wasn't until we were almost back at the apartment, I went, oh my God, I was just on Highway 17 and I was okay with it. And she goes, yeah, you were. Because I had cleared it. And since then, I've been totally fine. So timeline therapy was a real game changer for that part. Um, because you really talk about the learning as opposed to what the emotion is that's attached. And when you have a trauma, there's so many emotions that end up getting attached from the event and then also from the recovery of the event. So that's my other one that I'm going to add to the list um, because Amy's list was pretty good. So I'm just adding that on there as well. So Amy, is there any last minute things that you want to add that you really think people need to know about brain injury, about recovery, or just about how they can bring more joy and bliss to their life? You know, the the one thing I try to instill on people who aren't familiar with brain injury, um, a concussion is a brain injury. Mm-hmm. By definition, um, the definition of concussion is that it's a mild traumatic brain injury. Um, so we need to just stop taking it so inconsequential it's serious no matter how mild it appears and you know uh, one concussion plus one concussion doesn't equal two it might equal six Um, Mm -hmm. you know that the repetitive um, each one can become more serious you know I've heard so many people say they had numerous ones as a kid that never bothered them but then they bumped the head on the cupboard and you know now can't do anything um, yeah. Taking concussions seriously. Uh, no two brain injuries are the same. Uh, you know, some of the symptoms will overlap, but the recoveries, you, you just, you can't compare one brain injury to another. No two are the same. Um, and, you know, just never give up hope. Uh, I, I have met so many people at Dr. Schmo's office who had struggled for 5, 10, 15 years, and they went to see him and they, they made great strides in the recovery. So it is never too late to have recovery, you know, and it might not be a hundred percent, but I went from feeling like 10% to feeling like 80%. So for me, that was amazing. 
right? And for someone, 50% might be enough to make them feel, you know, quality of life again. Um, so just never giving up hope. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so, so much, Amy, for joining me. I always love chatting with you and you always have so much great insight. How can our listeners find you and connect with you? Oh, absolutely. My website is facesoftbi.com and they can find my podcast, my YouTube. Uh, They can find the non-visible campaign through that website. And on most social media, I am just at Amy Zellmer. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Amy. And I'm hoping I can connect with you when you're on your travels. Let me know when you're this way and we'll make it happen this year. And um, definitely listeners connect with Amy. She's such a wealth of information and support and there's lots of resources that you can access through her. So thanks again, Amy. Thank you. And for those of you listening, you know, and you're wanting to connect with me, you can always do that at www.samblack.ca. And I'm also on social media, Sam Black Psychic Medium, and also Coaching Solutions with Sam. Um, So I'm hoping to connect with you all soon. If you're wanting to see me live, then um, definitely there's lots of workshops coming up. There is my spirits and wine events that I've been doing here in Niagara Falls. And of course, I will be at Lilydale in New York State, um, August 28th and 29th. So I'd love to see you there. So take good care of yourselves. Please know concussions are brain injuries. Um, Take it seriously. Do whatever you can to support yourself and others. And remember that There is something beautiful inside each and every one of you, regardless of ability, disabilities, anything like that. Every one of us has something that we can do to shine, and it is that light that helps us feel better. I'm sending you all so much love, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. I have a wonderful guest next week, Sandra Champlain from We Don't Die, and she's going to be here talking all about the research and things that she's done about life after death. All right, guys, have an amazing weekend. I'm headed to Wyerton, Ontario for my chakra boot camp there. So keep an eye on Instagram for the beautiful pictures of Sawal Beach and beyond. And uh, I will chat with you soon.